I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Bitcoin Maximus confused that Ethereum does not have a controlled supply at 21 million. How to lose $400 million in 48 hours. I'll give you a hint. It's a tuber and Chainlink is still on a tear. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, August 13th, 2020. What a day, what a day. I can tell you right now, and I hope you can hear from my voice, I'm cranky. I woke up this morning, went straight, got my coffee, come to the computer, and all of a sudden, $400 million from somewhere, from some token, I don't even know what's going on, is gone. It's just gone. And I'm scrambling to try to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out this show. I can tell you right now, stress level is up to here. You can't see what I'm pointing to, but it's very high up. It's high up there. Anyway, let's go take a look at the cryptocurrency prices and let's get back to talk about YAM token. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. All right, so I'm recording this at noon Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $11,998, down 0.9% from yesterday. Ethereum 391.38, up 0.5% from yesterday. Litecoin 54.24 down 2.1% from yesterday, and that's five days of consistent downs for Litecoin. Chainlink 16.65 up 5.8% from yesterday, and XRP 27.7 cents down 4.1% from yesterday. That's another five days of consistent downs for XRP. In our first story, we come over to our good friend, managing editor of Decrypt, Stephen, to talk about yams and $400 million. Okay, let's get into it. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Hi there, how are you doing? All the buzz this morning, I've been scrambling trying to find out what's going on with yam token. Yam token, I didn't know this was a thing. And next thing you know, I see there's a smart contract flaw that locks up $400 million. What is going on? Okay, well, it's basically the the fastest rags to riches to rags story in crypto. Um, I mean, you say you didn't know what happened this morning. It didn't exist two days ago. Um, so basically, a couple of days ago, uh, Yam Finance uh, decided they were going to launch a, a, what they called a money experiment in the DeFi space. So the idea was it would have uh, an elastic supply and fair distribution and on-chain governance, and people would stake crypto to earn Yam tokens. And it was a runaway success. Like in 90 minutes, $90 million had been deposited in the protocol. That went up to $400 million in the first day. But there was a bit of a problem with it, um, which was that the creators, when they when they created this experiment, stressed that the token was created with zero value, fine, but also that the code hadn't been audited. And yeah, that, that turned out to be a bit of a problem. So the code hasn't been audited. Why is that an issue? Well, basically, because there was a, a flaw in, in the code. Um, so there was a bug in the uh, in the rebasing contract, which was designed to to mint uh, YAM tokens to sort of stabilize 
the, the protocol. Um, but what actually ended up happening was that it, it sort of minted more tokens than were intended to sell to a pool on, on Uniswap. And what that did was break the governance mechanism because it made it completely impossible to reach a quorum and, and it locked up the funds in the treasury. Um, so then they tried to fix it with a governance proposal, but the bug itself meant that the proposal couldn't succeed. So <laughs> they've been uh, frantically urging people to get their liquidity out of this pool on Uniswap. Um, and of course, what's happened is that there's been like a mass sell-off of YAM tokens. So at one point, the price rocketed to $200. It's now, or it, it dropped to like 90 cents. So it's basically gone to zero. Wait, $200 to 90 cents. Yeah, that's pretty precipitous. I mean, that's, uh, especially given that it didn't exist two days ago. So it's, um, yeah. So who did this happen to? Like, look, if the price of the token skyrocketed to $200, were people even able to cash out if there was a smart contract flaw or bug in the smart contract? And in whose money was this? Was it like me and you, people who are trying to, you know, invest? From what I understand, tokens were not so much locked up it's just that it flooded the um, the governance mechanism with too many tokens, making it impossible to actually reach any decisions in, in the governance mechanism. So the, the value that's been lost is just soaring and then plummeting value of the coin. I'm Because I'm confused too, because the, the article says smart contract risk. And so if it's just flooded, that means just a, it's a DAO issue, not a smart contract uh, execution issue. Yeah, so like like I say, from what I understand, there is a bug in the smart contract that floods the pool with too many tokens, which means that, that it was impossible for it to reach a quorum. And that meant I that see. the funds were all locked up in the treasury. I see, I see. Okay, so is this one of those things like the FDAO, that there's a problem, they rolled it back, everything's fine, friends got their money back, and they move forward with a fork? Can can this happen or is this a, a no a no no? So yeah, so the team has announced that they plan to set up a, a Gitcoin grant for a community funded audit, which you know maybe they should have done before they launched. I don't know, maybe Just an idea. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So if they make their funding goal on on Gitcoin, they're planning to launch uh, Yam 2.0 and fork it and, and bring people along with it. You know, quite whether anyone will be interested in taking part in it given what happened to yam 1.0 is is anyone's guess yam 2.0 will be able to retrieve the funds or not um upon completion of the audit they plan to support the launch of yam 2.0 via migration contract from yam so make of that what you will okay so wait if they reach their funding goal so they lost because of their rush to try to get this DeFi homo that is making people act hastily and not vet their projects they need more money even though that they lost 400 million dollars yeah so this funding goal is basically um, to to support a uh, an audit um, on using Gitcoin so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean it's it's somewhat farcical the whole situation. Um, just, you know, launching without an audit, watching the thing take off like a rocket, then finding that there were massive flaws in the code. And then after the fact going, yeah, maybe we should have done an audit, guys. Um, w would you help us? <laughs> wow. Wow. Man, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us about this, Stephen. Oh, no, thanks for having me. The crypto space just 
frustrates the crap out of me. How do you lose $400 million of people's money and then ask for more money to do an audit that you should have probably done in the first place? Whatever. Coming up, here's Adriana to talk about the sliding scale of Ethereum's coin circulation cap. Hmm. Hey, how are you doing? Excellent, excellent. As most people don't know, we just talked for about 20 minutes offline to see what are we going to talk about today because it's one of those news days where there's just a lot of things going on. Yam, as just you just heard, but also one big major talking point this week in the cryptocurrency space is supply gate. What is supply gate? Yeah, it's uh, it's really saying something when something gets a gate attached to it, isn't it? And uh, supply gate is uh, basically about the Ethereum total supply. And it's not just been a question this week, Matthew. This started last week. This <laughs> ah. around like some sort of pernicious insect that you can't get rid of and annoying both Bitcoiners and Ethereans alike. Although I would say that Bitcoiners are slightly more annoyed than the Ethereans even though they're the ones that raised the pesky question, which is what is Ethereum's total supply and can somebody independently verify it? Uh, that was the question that kind of raised all the controversy. Um, and the simple answer is it's quite tricky. So, so we, we, before we go into uh, anything else, why is this even a topic and why is this even an issue? What's the, what's the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum right now? Well, Bitcoin has um, a supply of 21 million Bitcoin. Um, I mean, that's one of the major selling points as a, as a cryptocurrency. Whereas Ethereum does not have a finite supply. New Ethereum is put into the system every year. So because Bitcoiners make such a big deal of the fact that they have a finite supply, they don't understand why Ethereans don't care that they don't. Um, and I think that this is particularly in the context of the fact that Ethereum is doing quite well at the moment with DeFi pumping away and everything could be a little bit behind why this was raised recently rather than not five years ago. Um, but I do think it's been bubbling under the surface for some time. It's, a, it's an economic supply of, of the, the finite supply allows a deflationary currency instead of an inflationary currency, which is what you have with the U.S. dollar or any fiat currency that's printed, printed by a central location. So can you tell me what the crypto Twitter is saying about this, I guess, supply gate? Well, Bitcoiners don't think that Ethereans have answered the question. The Ethereans have put forward various ways you can calculate it and various reasons why um, no one answer is the same. But I think personally, this is an answer. There will never be an answer that will satisfy both camps. And that is because of the fundamental difference between what Bitcoiners and Ethereans care about. So, you know, this is still bubbling away, you know, with the nice new uh, supply gate tag uh, to it. Um, so I don't think there will ever be an answer that satisfies everybody, really. Well, I'm looking forward to see the conversation roll out over the next couple of weeks, well, or the next couple of years, or the next couple of decades. Adriana, thank you very much for coming on the show. You're welcome. DEXs are on the rise. So far this year, 
DEXs have accounted for $13.5 billion in volume, and in just the last 24 hours, more than $420 million have flown through DEXs. Uniswap captures more than half of the DEX volume, clearing $1 billion in volume in July, and it's more than that already here in August. Don't forget to gas up before you send your tokens, but make sure it's a full tank. Ethereum fees are through the roof. So much so that it's almost touching $1,200, which is basically a stimulus check. I've actually personally have seen it today. Rates around five, seven, even $26 in gas prices, which in my opinion is way too much to make this a viable means of transfer. On August 12th, Suju tweeted, I've spent more money for gas on Ethereum than gas in real life in quite a few days now. All these high fees are a direct result of these yield farming frenzies that have funny sounding names like, well, Yam, like we just spoke about. This is allowing people to lock up tokens and needs gas to execute these contracts. These contracts can quickly burn through hundreds of dollars upon execution. And finally, Chainlink is not slowing down, quickly approaching $17. It is the king of DeFi at the moment. Popping into the top five, we didn't see this coming. Now, even though Chainlink is the talk of the town, don't forget Compound and Maker are still standing in second and third place, respectively, with both of them having impressive gains in the past 24 hours, Compound being up around 50%, while Maker around 30. I hope y'all ain't sleeping. DYOR, figure out what DeFi is doing. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to follow me at the Decrypt Daily and, of course, the parent company at Decrypt Media. You can find our app on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Get your daily news in the palm of your hand with the Decrypt app. We'll see you tomorrow in our long-form podcast. Happy hodling, everybody.